Hello and welcome to another episode of the Indie Alternative Podcast. It's me, Chris. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Amanda McKinnon and Stephen Clark of BIS. It's Stephen's second time on the podcast and they both join me to talk about the new album, Systems Music for the Home Defence, which is out in a few weeks. And they've also got a tour coming up, so we talk a bit about that, um, how this album's been recorded and written, um, musical influences of Amanda, which was really interesting, and loads of other stuff. It was a really good and fun chat. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Before we hit the interview, here's just a quick reminder of all the ways that you can support the podcast. All the links to the social media are in the show notes, along with a link to buy me a virtual coffee if you want to support the podcast financially. And lastly, if you haven't written a review or left a a rating, um, if you could do that, that would be brilliant. But that's it for The Waffle. Here's Amanda and Stephen. Welcome to the podcast, Mandarin and Sci-Fi Stephen. How are you both? Good. Yes. All good. (laughs) You're back for another helping, Stephen. Yeah, couldn't, uh, can't, can't keep me away. <laughs> you've, both, um, you've both been really busy. It's been, um, I, I imagine, quite an exciting time because you, you've got uh, a new record coming out. Stephen, it's, it's, you said it's the best album you've ever done. I say that every time anyway, but, you know, you have to. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been a sort of long time coming. It's doing a much more electronic dance record. It's just always kind of... Each time you approach a new album, you try to try to do the best bits of what you've done before and try to progress all the bits. And I just realised there was a strain of tunes that were just much more kind of you uh, basically kind of like Italo House and Rave influence. I kind of like I suppose every band that's made a, made a record recently has probably had to reassess what they do musically throughout the pandemic. And you can't, there's no getting away from it. It's a kind of, it's going to be a common trope. For the next mm. few years, about how you know, just the change in uh, circumstances, the change in lifestyle has affected uh, how they go about their craft. And so, for me, I, I just spent the first bit of lockdown, the very first one, just uh, basically building a studio in my in my garden. But also, just I suppose musically, just found myself just digging for what I call my emotional safety net. Just the records that were just the most reassuring, and so many of them were like from a time. Just, just I suppose, like being teenagers, but just before the real world hits in, and and so that ties in time-wise with with the kind of rave era and just like the commercial side of rave and how exciting that felt, and that like you know we've got our toes in various punk waters, but basically rave was our punk, and I suppose mm. that's where it, that's where it came from. Is a lot of these were just like you know just sli- slamming on Italian house pianos onto things and just being like this is really good fun, and so that that's where it started from anyway. Mandarin, how do you kind of um, approach each album uh, conceptually, or does that exist? Is that like a is that a myth, or just like a collection of songs that fit something? It's a hard one because some bands want to have completely individual albums, whether it's quite distinct ones like Blur have or say Radiohead, but then a lot of them want to see this continuation as well, and the fans want to see them grow and mature and change and it is a really difficult one you also want to sound like you're the same band and not lose the fans that you've accumulated throughout but you also want to do what you have in your heart as well mm. uh, so it's a difficult one you want to bring the, you want to bring the people that you've managed to adopt with you but also you know pull a few more in as you go but also enjoy it yourself so it's trying to do all of that at the same time 
So at least this, you know, the past few albums, we've not had any record label pressures like we maybe had in the beginning. And you have that pressure to conform and to try and get a chart album. And we've always had influences for what you choose for your single and things like that. So at least it's all just truly what we want once again, which makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote some notes down because I I listened to it uh, and I had dub, disco, (laughs) reggae. My dance music knowledge is not very good, but dance floor, (laughs) synth, punk, and then basically the best of, the best of bis essentially but with some really fairly i don't know um yeah new elements to it that i haven't heard you do before and that's what and it's a lot of fun yeah i think i think you're it's it's interesting to pick up on the, the, the kind of vague dub and reggae things to certain parts because we were kind of unusual at the start that we had a we had this sort of un unfashionable sky element to quite a lot of the early bis things because i suppose john especially grew up listening to a lot of two-tone specials selector and the beat and whatnot and we took parts of that and it's like so there's some of it is a is a sort of half speed version of that in places but yeah it's, it's i think going back to what i was talking about just the kind of rave thing being our punk rock is like there's just i think our main influences have always been the music the eras and the genres that have excited us the most which be that two-tone be that riot girl you know be that proper you know magazine devo the synth punk thing it's like we just uh we really absorb the thing we're most excited about uh, mm. or have been and, and it's that's our dna is just doesn't work like a lot of normal bands does where our, our sort of hardcore influences are not the most traditional you know like mm. we've so we've never really flirted with a with a very straightforward kind of oh this is the beatles album or whatever it's just not not part of it obviously it's melodies and whatnot but yeah i think it's, it's it's always the same. I think we every time we I think we've made a really cohesive record. It, everyone else says it has a million different influences, and they're probably right, and, and I'm wrong, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's fine. <laughs> Your quote, you know, in terms of it being the best album you think you've done, what what might be the main reason for that? Is it due to you know how f- free you feel, how unconstrained from labels, and your you know your age? The, yeah. the your subjects that you're coming at different angles from now is I suppose it's probably a combination of that things, but it's it is, specific. It is no, I think uh, yeah, I, I, this just felt like uh, with the time constraints we have, it's always difficult to get a record finished. That's the so that's probably why I'm just delighted that we actually finished something. But mm. I think uh, whilst whilst we don't really come at things with an initial concept, I feel like this time it was kind of decided that this was going to be the rave record, and that was the that was the that was the driving force. So everything had to fit roughly into this bracket. And so that's probably why I feel, I feel it's the best one because I feel it's a, it's, it is the most cohesive. And it, I just think a lot of these songs were stuff, things that we've been working on over the years and never quite had the right format for. And this is a, this is a thing that bands don't really admit to, but you, if you're prolific, you have a stockpile of material. So a couple of these melodies or these lyrics will go back 15, 20 years. It's only now that this is the direct, the right format. Best is always subjective, but most satisfying is a personal feeling. So I, I feel most satisfied by the uncompromised end product here. Um, mm. I feel like the slight disconnects when it was good to come back and make a record. And there's some great songs on there, but we were still kind of remembering how to do it. And now I feel like even though we're, we work with limited means, there's no money, we do it all, all at home. But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like we know what we're doing. So maybe that's why I feel it's the best because it's 
it's the it's been the most satisfying one to finish yeah. and in terms of the the writing process and maybe and and that recording process i mean how close are you together is it quite easy to sort of nip into each other's i mean i'm, I'm, I'm you're not living next door to each other i'm assuming <laughs> 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 yeah me and Stephen live fairly close actually so that's a, a handy thing because we can just do things at short notice and whenever it's convenient but mm. John's still up in Inverness because his children are up there and yeah so that's what three and a half four hours to get to so you're swapping files I'm guessing at the the new the new way of doing things I suppose is Covid I don't know. I'm from the interviews that I've done and people I've spoken to about how they've been recording stuff recently is that it's very it has been very led by the pandemic and the and the and the restrictions and people finding different ways to create and and you know and actually it's it's quite a liberating way of approaching it. And did you find the same with your parts, uh, Amanda? I don't no offense, but I don't really like these Zoom things and stuff. Um mm. I'm I've always had a pretty lonely daytime most of my adult life because I work from home and I do like doing it as a, a band I do miss the early days where you write stuff in a rehearsal room or you just write stuff together in a bedroom that's to be honest that's the way I like it more but you just if you want it done you've got to do it like this I suppose yeah. so maybe I'll get back to that one but day that and yeah that's it, that whole kind of uh, spontaneity of finding something new in a room full of people or, or friends and you know coming up yep. with a, with something you haven't thought you'd ever create oh it's the the thrill of the early days when you just do something stupid and then John or Stevens just tagged along to it and it's been been exciting and then you go into that into that and it's, mm-hmm. it's brilliant whereas now you have to kind of do a, a larger body of stuff to make it to make it complete so mm. I don't I don't know where it'll go from here <laughs> I think I'd, re- I'd read something about you guys about you know the album's like phases it's like this is like the mcu but with bis so this would be phase six would it be because is it sixth album studio album or would it be the fifth i can't remember. I, I, yeah i count it as five really five. i think uh, john's quite a stickler for the data panic one not being a real <laughs> album but if we, right. if we just if we just re-recorded those songs then it would have been a best record but we did use recordings of the era with like slightly tweaked it so yes this is proper album proper five which is a yeah. which uh, for a for a so-called prolific band is a terrible return and uh, <laughs> the best part, best part of 30 years 25 years so um, but you can but there's a yeah. definite evolution of everything and as i say from from what i've listened it's such as it's it's it is bis mark five or 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 the, the fifth wave or whatever you want to call it although it's not right terminology for the current time yeah, does you're that right. feel good to you in terms of that sort of approaching it that way? Yeah, I think we've always tried to keep moving. I'd love it to be as like as calculated as like okay, that that was that's the end of era one onto era two. We do we there's always a little bit of carry through, but also I think sometimes when when I deliberately when I deliberately try to make something in the image of something we've already done, it it never comes out as mm. a as a facsimile because of all just the everything extra you've taken on over the years you know it's a classic of like every once in a while we'll sit down and be like going, right okay we just need to write another euro disco just do it right <laughs> you kind of go right okay so these are the these are the chords so we we'll just flip them around or whatever and just actually do something cynical like mm. that and it just we can never really see it through you know it's always never a specific, and this is no no offense to emf specifically but i always remember unbelievable is a hit 
and then the next song is called I Believe and it sounds roughly similar. It's just like I wish we had the <laughs> Yeah, know, yeah. Like this this one is the South America disco record or, <laughs> or whatever. And so um so to get back to the point, by accident there is a new era new era of this every time we do something. Um and that's that's probably to our creative benefit and our commercial detriment. And that's 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 the way it's always going to be. It's, it's now too late to go back. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think subject wise, and a question for you both in terms of, you know, obviously singing uh, the lyrics, and I'm not entirely sure who does the majority of the writing, but um, you've got to sing about something that you're, you know, you're passionate about or something means to you. But it, now that we're in the, the sort of, well, we're not quite middle-aged, but we're, yeah. we're approaching that. <laughs> um, I mean, how are you finding subjects to marry with the music because to me it's like it this sounds so fresh and young how far do you push the envelope in terms of what the subject of the song is yeah yeah good uh, <laughs> and now having a quick analysis of all the lyrics yeah i, I, I mean we, we kind of we just basically write our own lyrics and we'll combine on certain things if there's a theme then we can help each other out on i don't know yeah i guess i've become more cynical my lyrics are quite cynical and probably more political more directly political than they were. Also, I just like like throwing in ridiculous statements and seeing if anybody notices as well. So there's there's the one the one that's come to mind is there's a song called Irrelevant Disco, which is now we've always done this where we've done it we've kind of done a self effacing look at the state of status of our band in the music industry and just I hate music industry songs, but you <laughs> it's really easy to write when it's what you're living through. So this mm-hmm. this one is just Irrelevant Disco is just dead funny because it's all about how you know, ever people want us to go tour in America or Japan or whatever, and they just don't realise that the financial <laughs> you know, parameters that modern music is playing with, and it's it's uh, it's like a totally euphoric tune with the, the the not bleak but just the most matter of fact kind of like you see bands canceling tours all the time. They're big bands that can't afford to go to America, and yeah, it's yeah. It, it's like again, this is all coming out of things that have changed over years and whatnot, but. The chorus of it is just like Osaka, Kyoto, the places we don't go, and I'm just like, it sounds like talking heads, but it's just like a brutally, <laughs> cyn- brutally cynical look at things. So, I think yeah. uh, from my my lyric perspective, it's probably I, I tend to err on the side of uh, self-effacing sarcasm, but usually with a hook at some point. Uh, Mandy, you've got you have that you know very unique sort of lyrical style and, and vocal style, which you know leans into punk and Riot Girl, and then it certainly suits like you know, this sort of synth elements as well. How do you approach like vocal takes and things? Is there a, a sort of a character that you, you need to become? It's weird because sometimes I record something and then I hear it back and I just think, God, I am really irritating. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I don't really enjoy listening to myself. And then, but then I have to look at it in a different way and think, no, this, this is me and I'm not a proper singer and I'm just doing it the way I have from the beginning. But I go through stages where I think I really shouldn't attempt to properly sing. I should go back to doing the shouty thing because I'm okay. I'm not maybe as bad as Ian Brown, but I can, I can't <laughs> sing Euro disco in tune. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> I admit that. And so I go through phases where of confidence really. And then you get the nice people saying stuff that's nice. And you think, no, they do love it. I I should really just keep going. And then I start listening to my influences again. I thought, fuck yeah, of course I'm going to keep going. This is this is me and it's fun and I do love singing. 
and around the house and stuff. So, who are your influences then? Um, I don't know about vocalists, but just musically, like when you're talking about all the the rave stuff, I was thinking of all the stuff like when I started to get into indie music and. It was the bands that were indie, but approaching the kind of dance thing. I was obsessed with Jesus Jones. I absolutely loved them. And bands like The Shaman and Utah Saints and things like that. And then it mm. sort of veered into all the kind of EMF and improper indie. And then all the female bands that were in that, I loved Curve and Tony Halliday's vocals and Lush. And then it got into Elastica. And so it's just gone down that route before I discovered Riot Girl. And then all the bands that were out in the 70s that I hadn't even heard of at that time, um, like the Slits and Lilliput and Phoenix. And it was it was just really good, a total discovery. And then mm. I could enjoy proper influences. Because even bands like the B-52s, I had heard of when I was younger, but I hadn't delved deep into listening to albums and realising how amazing they were and vocally like totally inspiring amazing people used to compare us to b52s a lot and at that time as i said i hadn't really delved deep into their early albums at all and i was like what i only know you know rock love shack (laughs) and but to have a singing voice like mine (laughs) which is not the most tuneful and then a voice like that it's just like how can you compare vocally that but the kind of quirkiness of the music get that and then the kind of male female working off each other vocally so major compliment if we get that and, and you you both oh you're all going all three of you are going on tour it would be not quite busy if it was just the two of you but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah john john disco's invited as well but yeah you're all you're going on a, a tour and in terms of playing live uh will, will you be doing anything different we'd be having sort of uh, live drums or you're going to get the pads out yeah, we're 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 kind of happy just um, just being back to the three of us. I think when we've when we've done things with the full band, the drummer and bass player, I think it, it makes it makes some of the earlier stuff sound fuller. But it, but we we do slip into sort of sounding like a traditional rock band. So I think again, we're talking about so many different eras. It's really hard to cover all all the bases mm. in one set, but. With the three of us, we're not. This is the second Ian Brown reference, but we're not going full back in karaoke back in track. But you know, it's just the three of us. So yeah, there's 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 you know various drum machines going on. There's a, there's a, you know there's the odd triggered sequence that's not technically live and all these things. But you kind of like that's kind of always been the way for us anyway. So it's um, especially the new stuff because of geography and time. We have so little so little practicing time that we're. We will have to wait and see how we do that because we haven't practiced a single note of the new record. So <laughs> that's the way it's muscle memory usually kicks in for everything else. So we usually give ourselves, um, there's 12 songs in that record. So if we can pull off four this time and then add another couple the next time. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll just work on the songs to see which ones are going to, are going to make the grade live. And every time we, we do any kind of gigs, I'm just like, oh, I really should play this song from whatever record that we've never not played for ages. And, um, it's you know it's the one it's the only times I really listen to our entire back catalogue is just when you're setting up for a tour and I'm just I've got I've been doing it just before this I'm like uh, I'm like all oh, right I lie detector test from the first album like we never played that we should do it as like a slower one and like retail of the details that's a brilliant data panic song all this never going to happen but um, the the focus will be on uh, making the new ones work for sure but it's always good to get out there geography time etc just restricts us to the number of gigs we can 
we can really do. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's it would be easy just to be like we can't we can't make our file of axes work together, but you've just got to do it. Hopefully, we can do the new things justice. We should, only time will tell. <laughs> you you must have um, really enjoyed the, making the video for Lucky Night because it looked <laughs> like you had a whale of a time. That's the best thing. That's probably the least <laughs> effort we've ever had to put in a video, but we're actually in it. The guy who made that, Jason, is utterly amazing. What a talented guy. Mm. It's just fun, and I will not be doing any moves like that on the, st- the stage. Maybe John will, <laughs> yeah. but not me. <laughs> I had and to look funny. twice. I was thinking, what is this? What is this? And they're like, oh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. My son was watching it, and he just was kind of gobsmacked. <laughs> Also to see me with a cigarette, it was kind of funny because me with a cigarette is just a funny thing because I'm so against them and I've never had smoked in my life. So it's just like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> very funny. But thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it, was the, it was the easiest shoot in the world because it took us all of, what, half an hour just to be scanned into this technology. It's like, as Amanda says, it's just like we are technically in it. So that's... <laughs> yeah. Well, just, it, opens up, it opens up so many other avenues because you, you just need your own sort of computer game franchise as well you know totally. this it yeah, takes on the world or something we're <laughs> just would end up getting it so why yeah maybe we yeah. should <laughs> um guys good luck with everything and um we're looking forward to what you come up with next and maybe phase six you never know there might be some <laughs> there's bound to be there's bound to be another phase uh, be like, think... did, would it be the slip map phase yeah something like that <laughs> something like that yeah i still have my 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 designs, my next concept is just to do a sort of over overreaching double album full concept like like L communication or check your head, just do it every style of bis in one absolutely yeah. needlessly sprawling twenty song epic. Because we've got loads of time to spare. Anyway. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> well yeah. You submit a record to Spotify, you've got to select the genre. To, to place it in and it's just like whoa where do I begin with this I can pick <laughs> that and that and that and you can only pick so many so yeah yeah it's interesting the album's called Systems Music for the Home Defence is that yeah. right or Systems put... Music for Home Defence yeah. you put in a, an extra there but that's okay doesn't make any sense anyway <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. where does the title come from Systems Music is a kind of uh, computer generated but it's a computer composed music so it's it's random and so that's the that's my kind of nod to the more electronic things. Mm. And the home de- home defense comes from what I was talking about earlier about the emotional safety net of this this the rave music, the music of you know innocent youth or whatever. So mm. that's that's what it's basically electronic music for emotional safety. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what it should be called. I've just changed it to systems music <laughs> for home defense, but that's what it means. And in no way did I just make that up on the spot <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> not at all. Not at uh, all. Guys, thanks so much again. And good luck with everything, as I say. And uh, uh, speak to you soon on phase six. <laughs> Cheers, Chris. Thanks, all right. Thank See you. you.